Listen. Just listen. I'm Ozzy Totten, and you're listening to a Second Story podcast. Second Story is a hybrid performance series, a collaboration among writers, performers, musicians, and others to create good stories and good times. The stories are written by the performers themselves, sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, always thought-provoking. And now, Koya Paz. In the ninth grade, to get to my high school, I rode a school bus for almost two hours each way, from Langley Park, Maryland to Suitland, Maryland, suburbs on exact opposite sides of D.C. My stop was first, and everybody that got on near me was a boy, mostly juniors and seniors. Then we picked up a bunch of girls who were obsessed with new kids on the block, girls who still wore claw bangs and spiral perms. And because I was going through a phase where I only listened to MC Light and NWA, I preferred not to associate with them, choosing instead to hang out in the back of the bus with the guys until my new high school besties, Alithia and Allison, got on an hour after I did. The second the two A's got on, I'd move to the middle of the bus with them. The three of us were an odd collection, unlikely to have found each other in a school with 3,000 people, but on the bus, we were meant to be. Allison was tall and beautiful, but she covered the lower half of her face when she spoke, convinced her nose was too big and her braces too ugly. Alethea oozed self-confidence, a not-quite-chubby shit-talker with a mischievous smile. Me? I was still wearing the clothes my grandmother bought for me every summer, coordinating knits and plaid jumpers. <laughs> Alethea, Allison, and I would sit backwards in the bus seats, pressing our backs into the green vinyl and risking the wrath of the bus driver, who would glare at us in the mirror and warn us to face forward. Okay, Alethea would yell back, flashing her trademark smile. We're almost done. We weren't. Mornings were our time to plot how to pass each other notes during the school day, folded squares of paper full of information that couldn't wait until the bus ride home. Okay, Alethea would say, Allison will leave one in her desk during math and you'll grab it. I'll pass you in the hallways by the blue locker and trade off. Don't be late. You know, high-level strategizing, but it was important because we all had classes with each other's crushes and we needed to keep track of whether or not they were talking to other girls. In retrospect, I'm not sure why I was so invested in this spy game because it would not in a million years have occurred to me to actually talk to a guy I liked. Talking might lead to kissing, and kissing might lead to French kissing, and French kissing was basically letting somebody spit in your mouth. <laughs> this amused the guys in the back of the bus to no end. You've never kissed anybody, Jose would say, peering at me over a pair of mirrored sunglasses he always wore, rain or shine. No, I would answer with the conviction of disgust. <laughs> Nobody, Jose would insist. Nobody, and I'm not going to either. Are you sure you don't want to try it, Franklin would ask. Franklin was what we called bien chulo and a master of giving girls the look. He wore... <laughs> He wore tight A-frame t-shirts and was always licking his bottom lip suggestively. <laughs> I was naive, but not entirely stupid. You are so disgusting, I would tell him, and change seats, genuinely indignant. 
We all parted ways when we got to school, and I'd head off to biology, where we sat in neat rows and looked at slide after slide of cells and plant stems. Unlike most of the students at my visual and performing arts high school, I didn't mind bio. It posited a rational order to the universe, something I desperately needed because my family was full of wild leftist radicals, always quick to a cause. My mother, in particular, was the worst. Dark-haired and ferocious, she would get a glint in her eye whenever she suspected even a hint of a fight. Oh, really, she'd say, crossing her arms. We'll see about that. We would see about all kinds of things. <laughs> My mom charging across the yard to yell at a neighbor or storming into a local business that was refusing to let day laborers hang out in their parking lot. She often got her way through sheer persistence and an unwillingness to be bothered by the fact that people winced when they saw her coming. Good, she'd say when I accused her of being embarrassing. Better than the alternative, right? No. I imagined myself to be a polite moderate in polite agreement, an excellent guest at a dinner party. This strategy worked for most occasions. When Alethea and Allison argued over who had had a crush on Jonathan first, I nodded in ambivalent agreement with both of them, even though I knew exactly who had claimed him first. Allison. When the boys in the back of the bus argued over which was the better basketball team, the Bullets or the Bulls, I feigned ignorance, even though everyone knew this wasn't even a question. When my mother made me wear a black armband on Columbus Day to protest the genocide of native peoples, I accepted it with enthusiasm and quietly slipped it off when she was out of sight. But when my bio teacher announced that we were going to dissect a fetal pig, I found that my wish to be pleasant clashed horribly with my absolute conviction that I would never, ever, ever dissect an animal. You see, I had recently become a vegetarian. It was a surprising choice. I wasn't even a fan of animals. They were dirty and smelly and left hair everywhere. But when I really thought about it, eating animals seemed kind of mean. And well, using them for things like cosmetics testing or a ninth grade bio class seemed meaner, cruel even. I approached my teacher during group work. Teacher, I asked, can I talk to you? I was too scared to look her in the eyes, so I mostly looked down, scuffing my feet against the floor while I nervously explained to my teacher that I hoped she could give me another assignment. I didn't expect them to cancel the dissection, but maybe I might discreetly be offered another option, a research paper or diagram, perhaps. It's just that, you know, pigs are animals, and animals, well, you know. I trailed off, waiting for her answer. It was a resounding no. But teacher, I tried to say, I don't believe in animal testing. My teacher was unmoved. If you don't want to dissect a pig, fine, but you'll fail this section. The not-quite-nerd in me panicked, my stomach churning and my heart beating really fast. I took a shaky breath, and suddenly, whatever radical DNA I'd inherited from my mother flared into existence. I looked up from the floor. Well, I said, we'll see about that. <laughs> I am not going to dissect a pig, I told her, and I am not going to fail the section. That afternoon, I rode the bus home still fuming. 
You all right, Coco? asked Franklin. No, my teacher wants me to dissect a pig. Ew, said the new kids on the block girls. <laughs> what, do you think it's gross, said Jose? What, is it worse than kissing? I punched him. Not a real punch, the you asshole kind on the arm. And next thing I know, we were screaming and wrestling, everyone laughing and going crazy. Our bus driver shouted at us to keep it down and sit in our seats, shaking his stringy gray hair in fury. But nobody really listened. Our school day was long. Eight periods plus two extra for arts plus our two-hour bus ride each way. And by the ride home, we were always riled up. The morning ride was sleepy and contained, but the after-school ride, that was a free-for-all. <laughs> I told my mom about the fetal pig, and she was confused. That's the best part of a biology class, she assured me. You'll dig it. But mom, I told her, I don't believe in it. She rolled her eyes. This again? My mom was not a fan of vegetarians. Being a vegetarian is racist, she once told me, throwing a roast chicken into the garden to make her point. I persisted. Yes, I said, this again. I looked at her, trying to find the words to explain how much it mattered to me to not have to do this, but mostly trying not to cry. Don't cry, she sighed. Organize. <laughs> My mother didn't care one bit about animal rights, but she cared about my rights. She had one word for my teacher and the principal and the school board, lawsuit. My teacher announced they were postponing the dissection for a few weeks while they figured stuff out. Why, asked the class, furious. Turns out, not dissecting a fetal pig was not a popular position. The class exploded. Bio class was stalled while the school teacher tried to gauge whether my mom was serious about the lawsuit. She was. My teacher, a devilish woman, passed the time by moving our desks out of rows into a large circle where everybody could glare at me at the same time. There was nowhere to hide. We spent days processing my position and why it was totally hypocritical, totally stupid, and totally dumb. You're wearing leather shoes, one girl said. They're pleather, I answered, which was the wrong answer because pleather is never cool. <laughs> you have a leather coat. I've seen it, another student said. I've had it for years. What do you want me to do, just throw it away? Animals can't even feel, dumbass, responded one particularly misguided boy. These sessions were horrible. Sometimes they made me cry. Sometimes they made me yell back. Once, I even told a girl that I hoped someday someone ate her cat so she'd know how a cow felt. But they never made me cave. I owed it to the pigs, and I owed it to myself. In the hallway, Alethea passed me a note. It was folded into a tight triangle and cautioned in looping pink ink, everyone is talking about you. I know, I scrawled back, leaving my response under my desk in math class. At least they know you're alive, came Allison's response, written in giant bubble letters for our fourth period pass-off. Oh, great, I wrote, slipping the same paper back to Alethea in drama class. Communication was slower in those days, but word spread. People I didn't even know were giving me dirty looks, and the boys on the back of the bus seemed totally confused about how to relate to the situation. Why are you causing so much trouble, Coco, asked Jose. Dang, said Franklin, my girl turned out to be feisty. 
They consoled me by carrying me up and down the aisles of the bus while I shrieked for them to stop it. The bus driver was furious, but who cared about him? A few days later, after yet another session of trying to reason with animal haters, Alethea passed me a note, this time in purple. Bad news. I heard we're in trouble. Oh no, I wrote back, wondering what she had to do with my worries. No, chimed in Allison. The bus driver is mad. He's always mad, I assured her. Really mad, wrote Alethea. As usual, it took all day to get the full story, but at the end of our last class, instead of getting on the bus, we were all herded into the principal's office. I thought the pig was my big problem, but things were about to get way worse. Our bus driver was tired of warning us, and the last straw was yesterday when one of us had been written up for making out with boys in the back of the bus. It was probably that girl Madeline, Alethea and I whispered to each other. She seemed like the type. But we were wrong. It turns out the person who'd been making out with boys in the back of the bus was me. I freaked out. I would never do that, I yelled at the principal. Kissing is disgusting. She really thinks that, yo, Franklin told the principal. <laughs> but he didn't believe us for a second. If my mother had gone to bat over the fetal pig, she really went all out over the school bus incident. You're accusing my daughter of what? My mother leaned in, and I recognized the glint in her eyes. Boys, she asked. Plural? Oh, I don't think so. Of all the things I would never do, never in my whole 14-year-old life, she was sure that making out with boys, plural, was one of them. <laughs> but even if I had, she wanted to know, why was I being written up and not the boys? It reeked of sexism and the patriarchy, and we were not going to have it. <laughs> She helped me organize student petitions demanding the charges be dropped and the bus driver reassigned while she phone-treed the parents. We called ourselves the SAB and the PAB, students against bus drivers and parents against bus drivers. <laughs> Meanwhile, the fetal pig incident came to an end when the teacher announced there would be no dissection this year. There was a collective groan and more dirty looks, but I felt righteous. You'll thank me for this someday, I assured them though I am quite sure none of them ever did. <laughs> In the end, our bus route was assigned a monitor and we were assigned seats. I was in the front next to Madeline and desperately missing my A's three rows back. Jose turned out to be really sweet when Franklin wasn't around and eventually he was my first kiss, though it was not on a bus and it was, as I suspected, disgusting. <laughs> The next year, we were reassigned our route altogether, and I only saw Alethea and Allison at school. It didn't matter. By then, we had passing notes down to a science, though increasingly they had less and less to do with boys and more and more to do with us. Hey, Alethea wrote in green, I read in Sassy Magazine that Michael Stipe is a vegetarian. See? I'm cool, I wrote, spelling it with a K instead of a C. Practically a celebrity. Sex scandals and all. She took me on a Monday and I thought I'd like to see That was Koya Paz. If her story gives you ideas for your own second story, we'd love to hear them. Please join us May 13th and 14th for our ongoing series at Webster's Wine Bar in Logan Square. Second Story Podcast is brought to you by Amanda Delheimer, Megan Steelstra, Bobby Badrisky, 
Sherry Pentamone, Mikhail Fixel, Nick Kawahara, Ozzy Totten, and Eric Hazen. Second Story is funded in part by the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, City Arts Grants, the Chicago Community Foundation, a part of the Chicago Community Trust, the Arts Works Fund, and generous support from our fans. For more information about Second Story, including a full list of our upcoming performances, information on becoming involved with Second Story, or to make a donation, please visit us on our website at secondstory.com. I'm Ozzie Totten, and thanks for listening.